Live on Radio Catskill. On this week's On the Media, early coverage of the train derailment in Ohio left many with unanswered questions, like, you know, why it happened? It was mystifying to me that TV news networks still approach these tragedies almost as acts of God or mere accidents, because eventually the information does start to come out. Disasters happen. Why aren't we better prepared? On the next On the Media from WNYC. Saturday afternoon at 4 on Radio Catskill. WJFF Jeffersonville, W233AH Monticello. Good morning. Welcome to Catskill Character. I'm your host, Donna Fellenberg. Alexander Hancock is a photographer and filmmaker, born and raised in New York City, and he is my guest today. Alexander was always interested in building teams. You know, he was that kid on the playground who was always organizing everybody else, but he was not so interested in school or being told what to do. He, as he called it, stumbled into photography and eventually went to New York Film Academy. Alexander has shot for companies like Prada, Estee Lauder, Nordstrom, the list is very long. He's known for his compelling short film narratives and documentaries. Check out his award-winning series, New York Chapters. Alex moved to the Catskills very recently, and in the first half of the show, he'll talk about that move and a bit about his work. In the second half of the show, Alexander is going to take us on a journey vis-a-vis three of his most recent trips. He does love to travel. The first one is to the southwest to retrieve his Airstream in Utah. There's a story there. The second to Buenos Aires, Argentina during the World Cup. He was working down there. And the third to Antarctica because, as he said, I was so close, so why not? Let's get to it. Alex, welcome to Catskill Character. Thank you so much. It's great to be here. You've done photography, as I spoke about in the intro, you know, for many magazines. And currently, you've been doing a lot of work in Argentina directing commercials. Which do you prefer? I guess for me, the reason why I'm doing motion picture work is because it's an evolution from my photography. I don't know if I prefer one over the other, to be honest, just because they both live in sort of their independent places. You know, I really love taking portraits of people that I meet on my travels and that sort of thing. Whereas I wouldn't shoot videos of those people, right? Because they're such quick little encounters. Well, I need a new headshot (laughs) while we're talking about portraits. I think we can make that happen. (laughs) We'll go, we'll go down to uh, Sears. We'll get you the glamour shot. <laughs> Being able to do both is great because mm-hmm. sometimes it's a lot nicer to kind of like lean into a really beautiful landscape or a portrait on a travel job or something like that as opposed to like pulling out the video gear, doing all of that sort of thing. So, yeah, I find, you know, photos a little more convenient. Right? True. <laughs> you, don't need a, you don't need a 20-person army to take a picture necessarily. Mm-hmm. Whereas with the with the motion picture work, I mean, like that's a lot more of a to do. So I don't know. And they kind of live in their own separate worlds. But I'm happy to be able to do both. Do you like to surround yourself in your home with photographs that you've taken or do you stay away from your own work? Yeah, I have lots of photos that I've taken over the years hanging in the house. I'm really bad about printing stuff. <laughs> I've got hundreds of pictures that I would love to print, but I just haven't gotten around to it. So all of the photos that I do have hanging are all from like a particular moment because that was just when I printed them all. Uh-huh. So it's all from like 2015 to 2017. So yeah, I've got a lot of catching up to do when it comes yeah. to the photography. 
Some yeah, really. Yeah. It's like the shoemaker's kids, you know? They always say the shoemaker's kids don't have any shoes. That's right. So, <laughs> yeah. What is it about being a director that made you say to yourself, yes, this is what I want to do? Well, you don't have to work in an office, for one. I've never been one for punching a clock or sort of meeting a quota or being told what to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, I did my damnedest to kind of avoid that type of lifestyle in general. But I also just really enjoy what it takes to put a vision together, right? Whether that's just for like a commercial, which already kind of has a predetermined concept, and then you need to flesh it out as a director, or if it's coming up with something completely on my own, you know, for my personal stuff. Mm -hmm. What I really love is just assembling a team, getting everybody excited about something and, and going out and making it. Maybe it comes naturally to me, you know, it just so happened that that that's what that job entails. You told me too, that you've never liked authority. (laughs) So (laughs) Um, it makes sense. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, I think it comes from a place where like it, it, again, it's really tough for me to go into a Joe job and have somebody hovering over my shoulder and checking the work and all that stuff like that. I, that kind of bugs me. I don't mind being told, okay, we have to hit this and let's, you know, like that's kind of what my AD is for and my producers are for and like they're authority figures, you know, and they keep me on track. Mm-hmm. So that's a good thing. I just guess I just don't like being wrangled to do sh- stuff that I don't want to do. Mm-hmm. Okay, I hear you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway. Speaking of your projects, your personal projects, I got the chance to go online and look up your New York Chapters project, which I loved because it kind of reminded me of Catskill Character, only, of course, it was visual. But you picked all of these characters from different walks of life in New York. So let's talk about that. Yeah, sure. So with the New York Chapters project, what that was really about is their little love letters to New York, you know, to the people of New York. I focus on different little microcosms within the city. Uh, sort of iconic roles that different folks play. I, I was born and raised in New York City. And, you know, for me, having a camera and being a director and everything was sort of a good excuse to actually engage with people who I'd see on the street for the first time, right? Mm. Pass people on the street, you see people on the subway. Without a good excuse, you can't just go up to somebody and say, hey, you seem interesting. What do you do? What's your story? Right? I mean, that's just kind of weird. But- I do that. <laughs> <laughs> Some people are better at it than others. (laughs) But so for me, it was kind of an excuse in order to enter these interesting worlds that I always kind of found fascinating, but didn't really know how to access. You know, one of the original ideas that I had about kind of delving into a world was the Central Park carriage drivers, you know, the guys on the horse and carriages. Yes. Um, Another one was the Chinese lion dancers during Chinese New Year, which I always just thought was such a beautiful place in in the city. And it's just so vibrant. And and I just wanted to learn more about that. So I, I used this little film series as a way to kind of explore these different worlds for me, really, mm-hmm. and to paint a beautiful picture of individuals in New York. Everybody's got a story. And all of the folks that I did these little films on, like no one had ever really been featured in anything like that before, you know, Mm -hmm. like they're just kind of regular folks. One of my subjects passed away, you know, over the course of the past few years since we've started this project. And it was really touching because his family reached out to me after he had died and they were like, listen, you know, we're just so happy to have this beautiful little romantic record of what our dad did. And, you know, I took a portrait of him as well, because that's part of the series. And, uh, you know, they used the portrait during the the ceremony and all that, Mm. or the service rather. And so, you know, for me, it, it dawned on me when I did 
the film about my brother that it's this little pocket in time where, you know, my brother will be my brother for the rest of my life. And we'll be able to look back on that film and say, Oh wow. Like, look at how young you were. Like, look at what the city looked like. It's these little sort of time capsules of New mm -hmm. York in that particular moment, which I think is really interesting as well. Yeah, your brother's piece was really interesting. I mean, I'm sure anyone who's ever been in the subway has heard people, seen people playing music. I'm listening to your brother. He was doing Irish folk ballads. And I said, he has like an authentic choral voice. Mm. And sure enough, I look him up. And he plays in all, he sings in all these choruses. He plays organ. He's a really interesting character for people to uh, check out, Damon Hancock. Yeah, yeah, Damon, uh, he also went viral on YouTube a couple years ago because he was busking in the subway with one of his buddies, uh, Vilri. And the, if you look up Whistling Buskers on YouTube, uh, it's got like, I don't know how many hits at this point. It's been out for quite a while. But like it went, it was like a sensation for a minute. And it was really funny because whistling must have sounded crazy down there. It was beautiful. I mean, it's beautiful. Yeah. And so, yeah, you know, somebody was just waiting for the subway train and, and rolled on these guys. And Damon's playing the stand up bass and Ray's playing the guitar. And it's just like, it's a really cool little video. How many and, instruments uh, does he play? God, he plays a lot. Uh, he plays guitar. So he started accordion. Out, like as a kid when we were, when we were little kids, he started playing piano when he was five. Uh, he plays the violin. He built and, and plays violins. He, he, he worked as a luthier for a while. Um, so the violins actually sitting in the house right now. Yeah. Uh, if he lived up here, I'd definitely be um, getting yeah. to him because he's definitely a yeah, character. He's, he's, he's cool. I mean, he may end up living here yet, you know? Um, yeah, that would be nice. Wouldn't it? But uh, yeah, so he plays he plays piano, violin, bass, uh, accordion, accordion, right? Yeah, bells, bells. Jeez, yeah, he plays all kinds of stuff. Yeah, and he's a damn good singer. Okay, so your career is pumping along. You have your place in Williamsburg. You got your crew there. It's like a a place where everybody kind of comes to. It's a central. Yeah, we hang. call it the cabana. The cabana. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what motivated you to move up here? Well, I'd been coming up to this area for a few years now because my buddy Yvonne lives in Narrowsburg. And um, so I'd go up to his house to write treatments and just to get out of town for, you know, weekends and stuff like that. And the more I realized how special this area was, the more I kind of piqued my interest to see what was going on up here. And, um, you know, there was one weekend where Yvonne was out of town and I was just staying at his place, writing a treatment for a project and just decided to just kind of like jump on Zillow and just see what was going on just to get an idea. Cause I was very naive to the whole process, to be honest. And I saw a couple places and, you know, just kind of started exploring around a little bit. And when I came across the house that I live in now, it blew me away. And there was just something about it that I just knew it was a good fit. And so I went and saw it. And fell in love and uh, and made an offer like that day. And that was it. Wow. Know? He's um, a man who knows what he wants. <laughs> I mean, I feel very lucky. But uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It just it, it felt like the right time to make that, that decision. Mm -hmm. And I knew that it would be sort of a very important milestone for myself and the people in my life. So, you know, I just kind of did it for, for me and for everybody, just because I knew it would be kind of this catalyst for change amongst everybody that I engage oh, with. Wow. 
Um, and so that was kind of the impetus behind the whole thing. And, and it's turned out that, you know, I've only been up here for six months or so, but like it has had an incredibly positive impact on everybody. Oh, that's fantastic. Comes up there. Yeah. Uh, so you're keeping your place in Williamsburg though. You still go down there sometimes. Yeah, I've got to, I've got to keep one foot in, in the city. Yeah. Uh, I think if anything, just for my own mental sake, <laughs> like, uh-huh. I don't know if I can give up New York. I've never moved away from New York. Really? I've mm-hmm. always had, uh, a place in New York is, you know, my, my, when I moved to Connecticut for high school, my father still lived in New York. Uh, you know, when I moved away for college, my dad was still new, you know, so it's one of these things where it's like, I've never not been tethered to New York somehow and moving out completely kind of gives me the spooks a little bit. <laughs> um, so at, at this point I'm keeping the place in Brooklyn cause I kind of have to just for that reason. And also it's just nice because I do work down in town so often yes. and you know, I don't want to mm-hmm. have to do that commute would be kind of crazy. Yeah. Exactly. So for now, even though the rents are too damn high as our good friend says, I forget what that guy's name was, but he was so damn great. Um, the rents are too damn high. Uh, and you know, I'm still paying out the nose for rent, but I have to hang on to a place in town mm. for now. Okay. I can't completely commit to the Catskill lifestyle just yet. Well, I think you will eventually, <laughs> but that's down the road many years. Okay, so it looks like you've really found your place. That's a good thing. I think this would be a good place to take a break, okay? Yeah, you got it. Thanks. You've been listening to Catskill Character. I'm your host, Donna Fellenberg, and my guest today is Alex Hancock. We'll be right back. Support for Radio Catskill comes from Garnet Health Medical Center, Catskills. Garnet Health, going above and beyond to elevate care every day for every person. Learn more at garnethealth.org. Exceptional lives here. And from the Cooperage Project in Honesdale, dedicated to building community through performance, learning, markets, and good times. Thecooperageproject.org. And from listeners like you who donate at wjffradio.org. Painting is a finished product, but we may not see the artistic aspirations, inspirations, or the perspiration that it took to get the painting on that gallery wall. I'm Meg Wallitzer. On the next Selected Shorts, stories about art that make the invisible visible. Sunday night at 7 on Radio Catskill. I'm Alzo Slade. They messed up and let me fill in for Peter Sagal. On last week's Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, Paula Poundstone shared her favorite parts of life on the road. I always feel good when you pull into the parking lot of the hotel and they have that sign where they put the letters up themselves and it says, phones. We'll talk to several other people who have phones, including actress Rosie Perez on this week's Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me from NPR. Sunday morning at 10 on Radio Catskill. Welcome back to Catskill Character. If you've just joined us, my guest today is Alex Hancock, who is a filmmaker, photographer, and quite a traveler. In the first half of the show, Alex spoke a bit about his work as a filmmaker. He also spoke about his move to the country, which was a surprise even to him. In the second half of the show, Alex is going to talk about three different trips he did this past year, giving us a bird's eye view of the Southwest, Argentina, and Antarctica. 
Let's get to it. So, Alex, you had to go to Argentina for work not very long after you moved into your house. Can you give us a sense of what it's like down there, what the food's like, what the people are like, the pace? I've been really fortunate to work with a production company that's been bringing me down to Buenos Aires over the past year multiple times. To be able to return to places is kind of special because Mm. we always do jobs all over the place and you kind of hope you'll be back someday but it rarely happens. Buenos Aires is a really incredible town. It's got really interesting colonial architecture. The history of that country is really wild. It's pretty fascinating down there. Uh, the food, I mean, you know, it's just all steak and wine. So that works out lots pretty of well meat, for me. Right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like lots of steak, uh, lots of empanadas, uh, really incredible red wines from the north. What's the terrain like around the city? Is it mountainous? Uh, it's on sort of an estuary. It's on the river that oh, leads okay. to the ocean. It's kind of cut off from the wilderness, right? I mean, it's just a, it's just a big metropolis. It kind of feels like Los Angeles. I mean, it, it just sprawls. Spread out. Mm. But as soon as you get out of the city, I mean, it gets really wild really quickly. It turns to very rural. It's it's a great experience. I mean, it's, it's just such a fascinating culture, right? You've got your tango. You've got the wines, the food. Um, this kind of interesting European influence in all the architecture. And, and you know, if you're a soccer fan, they just oh. won the World Cup. And weren't you down there during the World I was. Cup? was. Yeah, I got lucky. Wow. <laughs> I got lucky and was there for the final and the semifinals. But I was that there must have been crazy. It was incredible. I've never seen anything like it. Uh, I was one of five million people walking in the streets the day that they won. I mean, it was like wow. unbelievable. Got lots of good photos from that. When it's normal life, not with that kind of excitement around, what's the pace down there? In our business, you don't have the luxury of being slow paced, right? So even down there in in the film industry, it's like everybody's kind of moving. Although on the last job that I did, I called a four hour siesta. The pace of work down there, at least in my business, is you know just as as fast and as dynamic as it is here in New York. I love my gang down there. Do you get to keep the same people every time you go down? I try to work with the same folks all the time, wherever I go, you know, because it's nice to be able to rely on people that you've already got a rapport with who understand my style. It's also nice when you meet new people on the crew, right? Because sometimes they change your perspective on things and introduce new ideas and that sort of thing. So I try not to get too set in my ways with that, but it is nice, especially in a foreign country where, you know, I speak a little bit of Spanish and I'm working on it all the time because it's just nice to be able to communicate Mm -hmm. as a director to the actors, like in their native tongue as opposed to having to go through an interpreter it's just weird but that being said there's there's a really cool energy down there and it it is a little different than new york obviously right Mm -hmm. they've got their own style and i think the argentinian cruise maybe a a little sexier Ooh, (laughs) there's a little bit more style going on down there cultures are going to be different but there's a certain way of doing it right so Mm -hmm. we all follow that model no matter where you are i think maybe there's a little bit more improvisation down there you know maybe a little less rigidity perhaps mm. but i'm kind of i play it loose regardless of whatever job i'm on so i kind of bring that to everything yeah so maybe it just sort of follows yeah yeah, yeah. but it's but it's a pleasure to to work with the gang down there and that's good yeah you went down there soon after you moved and then you went out west what that's prompted right. you to do that well so so i have a hard time sitting still in general well going back to 2020, I bought a old vintage Streamline 
trailer that looks like an airstream everybody knows what airstreams are mm-hmm. uh with my girlfriend at the time we we basically just left new york after everything had kind of like started getting back to normal like i'd say in april or may to your main question the reason why i went out after buying the house and after getting back from argentina was to pick up the trailer which i had left in utah hoping to had grabbed it in the summer but summer got busy and the time slipped away and i wanted to get the trailer back to the property before the snow came so i had this kind of short window of time to go get it and bring it back Mm -hmm. so that's why i went out in october but on that i had tacked on a motorcycle trip with my buddy yvonne who lives in narrowsburg and so i drove out with two motorcycles in tow we did a motorcycle trip from Southern Utah up to Yellowstone National Park and back, and then shipped the bikes back. I unhitched the U-Haul trailer, oh hitched up the Airstream, and then did another month on the way home. So, you know, I killed two birds with one stone. I'm getting exhausted just listening <laughs> to this. Well, you know, it's like uh, I'm a producer at heart, right? Yeah. So it, well, was, yeah. it was easy for me to kind of connect all the dots. And I was like, hey, what the hell? Why don't we do a trip? On the bikes, I got to drive out anyway. I can tow them out. And, you know, it was kind of a nice way of, you know, bringing an activity out there to then return back. And I just want to give a quick shout out to Lobo. You mentioned him before. He's your dog. He's a a Malamute, right? Yeah, Yeah, he's an Alaskan Malamute. Yeah, fantastic. So he goes pretty much everywhere with you. Not to Argentina, but everywhere else. Yeah, I'd love to bring him to Argentina. He'd be a hit down there. Yeah, Lobo is my best friend and mascot and uh one of the major reasons why these road trips even started happening in the first Aww. place was just to get out of new york and you know let that dude run around in the wilderness where he belongs and yeah. so yeah i bought i you know I, I bought a truck in 2015 to get out of new york and uh lobo's been with me ever since and Fantastic. Uh, yeah he's been he's been the inspiration behind a lot of those road trips yeah a man and his dog <laughs> Well, you were called back to Argentina over the holidays to shoot a couple more commercials, and you decided that you would hop on down to Antarctica since you were there, as you put it, so close. Right. Well, what was it like going down there? What were your expectations, and were they met or no? Uh, Yeah, well, I mean, first of all, when I first went to Argentina uh, last year in the spring, I was kind of interested in, in the Antarctica thing because, again, it is relatively close, right? Um, whenever I'm in an area, I tend to kind of look at the surrounding regions and say, you know, okay, well, if I'm here, what can we do while we're in this area, right? And that's why I have a hard time getting home because <laughs> I'm always kind of zigzagging around wherever the hell I am. So, yeah, so uh, because I was down there in our winter and their summer – um, there's a really narrow window to get down to Antarctica. So um, I decided to check it out and see if I could book passage on, you know, one of these ships that gets down there. And um, the window is very narrow. The sea ice uh, kind of melts away in their summer for a couple months. And then the ice comes back and it's impassable, basically. And the only folks who are down there at that point are just research scientists and stuff who are kind of marooned there for the season until the ice melts again. So I went down to Ushuaia. And hung out down there for a couple of days, which is an amazing town. It's the southernmost city on the South American continent. The seafood is incredible, right? I, I ate a giant spider crab, <laughs> which was like an event. 
Um, <laughs> Did it taste like crab? As it tastes we like know chicken. It? Everything tastes, tastes like, like chicken. chicken. <laughs> <laughs> no, it tasted like I mean, you know, it tasted like Dungeness crab cakes that you've had. But you know, this thing was just a monster. Only must, a lot. Must have been you know two feet long or something. Mm. But yeah, so hopped on hopped on the ship from Ushuaia down to Antarctica. Uh, it was a small repurposed research vessel that was built in the seventies. So it wasn't one of these like massive cruise liners. And I had never been on a ship before ever, right? I've been on the Staten Island ferry. (laughs) And and so I was kind of excited and curious about what this infamous Drake passage was going to be like, because it's the notorious body of water where, you know, three oceans meet and many ships have met their demise over the past couple hundred years, you know, and this sort of thing. It's like supposed to be super hairy. The day that we were leaving, the captain comes down, introduces himself to everybody and says, hey, gang, uh, there are 10 meter high waves 15 meter high waves in the Drake passage this evening. So we're going to anchor where we're at just off the coast of Ushuaia and hunker down for the night. And then we'll leave tomorrow if the seas are better. Right. So I'm like, great. Here Thank we go. You. This is exactly <laughs> what I was hoping we weren't going to be encountering, <laughs> but it was also really exciting. So yeah, the next morning we head down through the Drake passage. It's obviously nowhere near as, as hairy as it was the night before. Thankfully it would have been a nightmare to get into that in the pitch dark, you know, it's mm. like, so scary, but we make it through the, the Drake passage and, um, I didn't take any Dramamine or anything cause I kind of wanted to know what seasick was. If I did get it just to know, I don't want to like, Oh, you do not want to know what it is. <laughs> Trust I just, me. I'm just curious, right? It's like I don't want to Dramamine my experience away and not know okay. what the horror is, right? Because then at least you've got a point of reference and that's like, okay, well, I'm never going through that again. But I got lucky. I don't get seasick apparently. Whereas like I think 75% of the ship was like puking oh, and stuff boy. for two days. So most of the time spent in the Drake, I was out on the deck uh, hanging out with another guest on the ship and he was like a former uh, Navy guy. Um, and it was really cool getting to know him, right? Cause we were just hanging out and he was talking to me about navigation and how crazy the Drake is and all this stuff. So that was a really interesting experience. And basically what, what my major takeaway was from the entire trip in general was, you know, it's, it's really fascinating being out of sight of land on a ship not seeing any landmass. I'd never experienced that before. And then also when we got down to Antarctica, the light was incredible because the sun doesn't go down Mm. um, because you're so far south. So what happens is you basically get 21 and a half hours of like full sun. And then the sun dips down below the horizon a little bit and you get this extended magic hour, which what we call it my business, right? Which is sort of like that twilight pink blue gorgeous sky that you see just when the sun has set or before it comes up and it and it rarely lingers longer than 30 minutes or so Hmm. and down there it lasts four hours and it was just stunning so you get these pink skies and it was really hard for me to get to sleep because i wanted to see magic hour every night but magic hour happens at like 2 a.m so i'd end up staying up till four just because the light was so incredible and then going to bed and then having to wake up and do all these, you know, activities and stuff, we'd go off the ship and go explore the, the, the land and all that sort of thing. See the penguins and stuff. A lot of penguins, right? A lot of penguins. Yeah. If you like penguins, I encourage you to get down to Antarctica. <laughs> <laughs> there, there ain't much else. I'll go to the Bronx zoo. I think. <laughs> 
Well, Alex, thank you so much for taking the time to come in and speak with me today. I've really enjoyed having you here. Uh, thank you. I mean, it was a pleasure to be here. Thank you. This has been Catskill Character with my guest, filmmaker Alex Hancock. Alex's website is Alexander Hancock. That's H-A-N-K-O-F-F dot com. Catskill Character is on every Saturday at 1130, except the last Saturday of the month when Greg Triggs brings us Travels with Triggs. Be sure to tune in then for exciting tales from characters of the Catskills and beyond. I'm Donna Fellenberg. Thanks for joining me. Support comes from the Narrowsburg Union and Catskills Curated, presenting products of regional artists, artisans, makers, and craftsmen. Gift wrapping and shipping available on site. NarrowsburgUnion.com Tavern on Main, a neighborhood bar and restaurant on Main Street in Jeffersonville, New York, featuring local American fare, specialty cocktails, craft beers, and Sunday brunch. Menu and hours online at TavernOnMainNY.com And from listeners like you who donate at WJFFRadio.org Radio Catskill, keeping you connected with the local edition. Hatred is not part of who we are as Americans or as human beings. Weeknights at 6.30. And the bulwark against that hatred is community and love. Right after All Things Considered. We're big into doing local because that's both more sustainable and better for our communities. The local edition at 6.30 on Radio Catskill. Hey, it's Francis Lamb, host of The Splendor Table. This week, we've got one of the great culinary stars of the Midwest, Minneapolis's Gavin Kaysen, who's also one of the very rare chefs I know who really loves and understands home cooking. We've got him talking about what he loves to make, how to do it, coming up on The Splendor Table. The Splendid Table, Sunday morning at 11 on Radio Catskill. WJFF Jeffersonville, W233AH Monticello. Radio Catskill. On air, online, on your smartphone, and on your smart speaker. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram. Radio Catskill, WJFF.